Sound System FC coming to you from Scottsdale, Arizona, TT's Roadhouse, the venue, the Volt Studios, the locale. And when I think of Carataro America this past weekend in Liga MX, I think of, I don't know, Christian Bale and, and that man with the Dark Knight beak. I'm Noel Bon. Great header. It wasn't enough. He, he Memo went for the punch on that one. It still wasn't enough. Carataro goes down. America and Mr. Herrera looking very, very good right now. That is where I hold my allegiance, Bo, as we get set for a very exciting edition of Sound System FC. We're together. We're taping this, looking at Liga MX and looking at what is now, after match day five, a very exciting race because Carataro, who started so strong, shows themselves to be a bit faulty, and even the Dark Knight couldn't help them beat Club America. No, Club America is coming through as I, I really thought they would. I mean, even with the changes in the offseason, I mean, Club America is showing themselves to be the stronger team, where Monterey as we've seen over the past couple of games, the tears of Mohamed, as you always like to bring up, uh, Monterey is not getting it done. But the surprise to me, Lawrence, is FC Juarez. It, it, it's it's tremendous. Now, you've spent some time in the uh, beautiful locale that is where Beto O'Rourke would like to call home, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> j- just across the border, Juarez making it up from the Asensio. And making a real mark right now, and in this past match day five, on a Sunday in February, the earliest part of February, taking down Nakaxa, who really made a real splash in the Apertura of 2019. Here we are in the Clausura of 2020, and Juarez taking down Nakaxa. Two to one in Sunday action, and and that was really the match. And and all the LED lights a flicker. It's a it's exciting. This is what you have to understand. I mean, it's literally like a Triple A baseball team enters Major League Baseball and then becomes the main team in the pennant race. First of all, they come out and they beat Club America. Now. You could talk about that it was maybe their midfield play or their ability to press. Honestly, Club America gets a really stupid red card early on in the game. That really changes the focus. Juarez comes through, gets the win. But that, to me, signifies a team that is going to do big things because you have to capitalize on the situations you are handed. They're handed a red card early against Club America, and they go and take advantage of it and win 3-1. to one. Now they play Nakaxa. Again, Nakaxa played a really good match. If you look at the goals that were scored by Juarez, the second goal by Juarez was a header that was it was a mess. Everybody's running all over the place. Nobody can make a play on it. I mean, the header was a lofty header from maybe 20, 25 feet out. But this is what I mean. When you come through and you win games that you maybe shouldn't win, and you're winning games because your team's I hate to use such a cliche phrase, refusing to lose, but that's what I see from Juarez. Coming up, they're going to play Monterey. And I honestly feel like they're going to beat what is a team that was, you know, a couple of bad passes and a couple of bad minutes from beating Liverpool. They're going to beat that team, and they're going to keep them in the basement 
of Liga MX. And that's why, A, I feel like FC Juarez is the team to bet on in Liga MX. And B, Monterey, the tears of Mohamed must be flowing because their time has passed. Well, you talk about that. You know, we obviously watch the uh, Tijuana team, the Cholos, and uh, think of the uh, Chihuahuas. And when you talk about minor league baseball and what it is for a team to come up, I I guess it's like the Padres affiliate, the El Paso uh, Chihuahuas uh, coming up and beating the Los Angeles Dodgers now that Mookie Betts will be on the Dodgers. I, I guess it's it's a similar construct is what you're saying Juarez is doing in this league right now. Let's also look at the most just and <laughs> exciting outcome that I, I could ask for in, in, a, in a given uh, League MX weekend. It's uh, San Luis just eating it as Pumas puts up four goals. And, you know, we've talked about this before. It, it, it could have been eight, maybe 12. I mean, it, it, it could double. It could triple. They came out. They came out like they were shot out of a cannon. I mean, I, I they could have scored within three minutes of the opening whistle. And they just continued to push and push and push. And this is why when people say, why, God, you guys... And Lawrence and I talk about this, too. Like, why do you guys focus so much on Liga MX? You have to watch these games. They're so fast. They're so quick. And the amount of pressure that is put on teams, they can't even play the ball out of the backfield. And and that's what makes these games so exciting is, you know, I say that Liga MX is very competitive. But on top of being very competitive, you can quickly have a blowout because these teams capitalize on mistakes so quickly. Well, we've talked about Sunday action with Pumas taking down the dreaded San Luis, Carataro, and I'm Noel Pan losing to uh, America. Thank you, Mr. Herrera. Did you get the memo? No, you didn't, Carataro, because one memo Ochoa shut you down. <laughs> and Juarez taking down Nacoxa. But Saturday action, um, the team with the most athleticism, would you say, in League MX? Unloading on the underachievers of Guadalajara. Tigris really looking so strong. And, 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 and okay, look, there, there is something about Tigris and the way that they've constructed the roster. And Valencia creates so much offense. And Gignac with the very impressive outcome, the two goals in this game against Guadalajara. But Tigris and uh, Dennis Farina's crew looking really strong right now, I would say. And, and you've said this all along. You've expected them to always be the team that people should be dreading in League MX action. That's the thing. is There is a certain amount of consistency you get with Tigres. And what you also see is the fact that Guadalajara, including myself, most people who follow Liga MX have picked them to actually do fairly well they said they will make the little league they will make the top eight right now they're sitting just outside the top eight but tigris is i mean over the past four or five years you know they are the consistent team in monterey monterey is the team that goes out and wins these trophies but they're inconsistent and tigris is consistent and the athleticism and the youth program and the ability to, you know, the next man up to come through. And that's what you're seeing in this team. And what you're also seeing, of course, is the fact that they are winning games they are supposed to win. 
everybody likes Chivas. Everybody thinks Chivas is finally going to turn it around. But uh, Tigris is able to put enough pressure on, put some balls on the net. You know, every shot they make is on frame. They don't kick the ball out of bounds a lot. They keep the ball in play. And after a point, you know, this Chivas team, they just don't, to me, a lot of great players and a team that can turn it around, but they don't yet have the experience of playing at the pace of play that is Liga MX. All right, so the Kings of Lyon, as you spoke of Monterey earlier, and Riados losing to Lyon 3-1 to one in this match where Luis Montes with the brace, and you see all of these goals coming for Lyon after Monterey were down a man after the uh, red card to uh, Sanchez, but... Uh, Montez with a tremendous showing, and one of those goals with the angle he took was like so tremendous. But Leon at the top of the table right now, we saw them play very well uh, in the aperture of 2019, and now here in the closure of 2020, Leon certainly something to be reckoned with. But I don't know. I, I, I can't quite understand why Monterey, with the power that they have and uh, Rogelio Funes More and the uh, efforts that they showed in winning the final over America, why it has started out as the worst team after five matches thus far. Is this Lyon achieving or is this Monterey underachieving? A little bit of both. I mean, look, Lyon... Last year in the Apertura was a very uh, a huge force to be reckoned with. I mean, they played very well. And Monterey kind of sulked around. Of course, they made a coaching change, which led to their run. I don't think they're going to make another coaching change. I think they're a great team, but I think they're a streaky team. But when it comes to Liga MX and what you should look at, especially when it comes to teams like Lyon, what I think is interesting is, is in the North American version of the Champions League, coming up next week, Lyon is playing LAFC. And to those of you who are just getting into Liga MX or trying to figure out, like, because if you look at the headlines, you see, oh, this great player is leaving Liga MX to go to the MLS. This player is leaving Liga MX to go to the MLS. Oh, the MLS must be better than Liga MX. Watch this game. Because honestly, you know, the Kings of Lyon, as we like to call them, they're a quality team, but they are not the dominant team of Liga MX. LAFC, to me, is the premier team of the MLS. Let's see how this game goes. I think you're going to see not only a difference in the style of play, but you're going to be seeing a difference in uh, one of our favorite soccer words, quality. What you're going to see is, is, while LAFC may have a couple of really outstanding star players that make huge impacts, soccer is a game that's decided by who has the best 11 players. Unlike the NBA or other professional sports where one player can make a massive impact, the beauty of soccer is you're only as good as your worst player. And I think you're going to find out why Liga MX is the dominant league over MLS in this game. Right. So... Yeah, you're talking about a little CONCACAF action, but but what we will focus on here is the Liga MX match day six action to come. And on Saturday, Monterey uh, hosting Juarez. That will be something to watch. Uh, Chivas 
hosting Cruel Azul. Uh, Cruel Azul, as we always like to <laughs> refer to them, it being Cruz Azul. But uh, Sunday action also, we'll see the match that I'm really curious about, Nakaxa Karataro, because... Um, Nakaxa wins that match. I mean, Karataro has had a nice run, but honestly, Nakaxa is a great team. Even in their loss the other night to FC Juarez, you could tell the quality of play that comes from Nakaxa. And when you look, as you were talking about the Saturday games, you know, Guadalajara is going to come out strong. They'll probably beat Cruz Azul. Uh, America will be Atlas, and I really do think that Juarez will beat Monterey, and this is going to be the turning point where people finally realize that Juarez is more than just... Last year, if you looked at the Apertura, there were some teams that quickly rose to the top, and as soon as the Little League began, they were out. They were out like a light. But I really feel like that Juarez has the type of midfield and the type of back line that will carry them through. And I think you're going to see this against Monterey. Yes, Monterey's at the bottom, but literally a month ago, they were the second, third best team in the world. So, you know, every team can be streaky, but Juarez is going to prove that they're a better team this weekend. The other match to keep your eye on on Sunday is Santos and Tigres. And Santos, they, they've got to get off the schneid here. They've got quite a bit of talent that isn't quite gelling thus far in this closura. But uh, I, I got to tell you, Bo, you know, I, I've watched this with a lot more interest. And, and I've been a Premier League junkie for forever. And now looking with a little bit more of a discerning eye at what League MX is and represents, I will say it's punk rock and it's cool and it's not Bonnaroo and it's not, you know, Coachella. It's not this packaged product that's what you'd expect it to be. It's something that's dangerous and something that's coming out of the blue and it seems in the moment and the fact that Monterey could win in the finals of the Apertura and then be the worst team after five games to start the Closura, it's fascinating. And and we follow the various storylines and we love to, you know, have nicknames for the coaches and uh, yes, obviously the manager of uh, Tigris is not Dennis Farina, but it does seem like it. And Mohamed and his tears, they're, they're, it's a trail of tears right now for uh, Monterey as they start this thing. And, and it, it's just a fascinating start. Just five games in, we're very much into it. And still, world soccer is focusing on the 16 in the Champions League right now. And you called this one early, and I cannot wait to see what happens because the Premier League right now has been run away with, taken, no doubt. Liverpool has it. It's in the bag. Done. End of sentence. There's, there's, I mean, I, I don't want to have to say what I think would have to happen for Liverpool not to win. It would be so uh, demonic, perhaps. But, but Liverpool has the Premier League. Now we're talking Champions League. You early on mentioned. Atletico being the team that could be Liverpool's undoing. And now here in this round of 16 in the Champions League, that's what's up next. You know, it, it, you have to understand that Atletico has had a terrible month. They've played awful. But when you really look at it, you look at what Diego Simeone does. You look at the style of play of Atletico and you look at how Liverpool wins games. 
I still feel like that Atletico has a pretty good shot winning everything. I, I'm going to say that just to be contrarian, but they're definitely going to steal some points from Liverpool and they're going to scare Liverpool. And I'm still going to stand behind the fact that they're going to beat Liverpool because I've seen Liverpool play poorly and pull out a win. And really against Atletico, you can't afford to play poorly. And that's why I'm going to find this round of 16 so interesting because of the way the matchups play out. You have that. PSG is going to beat Dortmund. All right. We want to like Dortmund. I don't know why we want to like Dortmund. I don't know why everybody likes Dortmund. Like, look, Christian Pulisic doesn't play there anymore. We don't have to like this team. Uh, We cannot like PSG because we cannot like Neymar. We can say, you know, the whole Cavani drama. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Like, whatever. PSG's a really talented team. They're going to beat Dortmund. All right. Valencia is going to win. So now you have Valencia in the final eight of the Champions League, a team that may not be in the top eight of La Liga may be in the top eight of all of Europe. Tottenham beats Leipzig. You know, I I find it funny. I was reading these articles and they're like, you know, Jose Mourinho's at the Leipzig-Byron game because he's scouting talent. No, he's scouting Leipzig because he's going to beat them. Once again, because of the way the draw works out, you're going to have teams that may not even be the top eight in their country are going to be in the top eight in all of Europe. Barcelona will beat Napoli. And this chelsea Byron game is going to be interesting because you, you saw a Chelsea team in the first part of the season that everybody was excited about. Now they've slowly started to come back to earth. And on the opposite end of the spectrum is Byron that everybody was like, oh, Byron can't figure it out. Byron's not going to win Bundesliga. Byron can't get it done. Byron's going to beat Chelsea. All right. So this idea that English soccer dominates the world is going to quickly be reversed when both Byron beats Chelsea and that's right, Lawrence, I appreciate you building this up. So when it comes crashing down in front of me, we can all laugh, but I still think Atletico beats Liverpool. No, I I don't want to laugh. I want to see that that is a potential because that will make things interesting because the Premier League right now is not interesting at all. When you look at how far apart Liverpool and Man City are from each other, 73 points on the table for Liverpool to 51 for Man City. The Premier League itself is a race to the bottom, and we look at the bottom, and in that race, if you had to say who's being relegated to the Championship League right this very second, um, as we tape this, the Hammers, the Hornets, and the Canaries would all be falling south, oh so south. Uh, West Ham, Watford, and Norwich all would be the teams that would fall to the southern part of the relegation zone and into the Championship League. And uh, as I was watching some Championship League action today, a 0-0 draw between uh, QPR and Swansea, I, I, I look at who could come up. Well, that, that's a whole other story we'll get into another time. But who falls out? Would you, 
would you think it would be the hammers? I mean, I mean, old Pink Eye did the best he could, but but then they, they're falling out, and I don't even come on field the Moys, girls rock them. I, I don't know that that's going to help things either at the late state of things, though Aston Villa, I don't know that it's Bournemouth, you know, Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace is kind of flirting with disaster. You know what the craziest thing about the Premier League, if I could just say one thing about the Premier League this season, it's that Everton was beyond in the relegation zone. Like, it, it was getting dangerous and scary in the early part of the, the uh, season for the Toffees. Now they're in seventh, ahead of Man City and the beloved Wolves and Arsenal and the Ginger Mourinho in Burnley and our, our good friends over at Newcastle. I mean, like, it, even Hassenhudel at Southampton. The, Everton has found themselves, as we tape this, at 7th, and they were very much to be relegated. The area between relegation and being maybe a contention for Europa League is dangerously close in this Premier League. Yeah, I, I first of all, the fact that Tottenham is like basically two wins away from being in Champions League is still amazing. You've got to give Jose Mourinho credit. But yeah, the Hammers, if they get relegated, that's a huge problem. But Crystal Palace, and this should tell you why maybe I should uh, not be a soccer analyst. I was really thinking that Crystal Palace may be a top six team. Now I'm hoping that Crystal Palace doesn't get relegated. I They have fallen so hard. But, I mean, that's the thing about the Premier League is when Liverpool eats up all the points, the difference between fifth place and 75th place <laughs> is like two crappy games. And that's basically what's happening is the fact that like 24 points puts you in 19th place, but like 34 points puts you in 10th place. And, you know, 39 points puts you almost in the Champions League. So, yeah, I guess you can call that competitive. I call it bad soccer. Uh, we can debate it, um, but you know the beautiful game to me does not exist in England. We were kind of having this debate, or kind of like, how do we? You know, Lawrence and I really try to take pride in trying to give a soccer a very American sports point of view, and we're trying to figure out. Well, okay, if the Premier League is this and La Liga is this, and what I realize is, is it's the same sport, of course. But it's different eras. And it's like the Premier League is 90s, Bill Lambeer, Detroit Pistons, NBA basketball. And La Liga is beautiful. Golden State Warriors four years ago shooting threes and and playing the beautiful game. And and so I, I think that's the reason that I have such a – I turn my nose up at the Premier League because – you know, not only do I see it as just not really beautiful, but just pure athleticism, but I also see the fact that, like, the difference between the second best team and the second worst team is not that much. Well, the story of the Premier League this season obviously is Liverpool, but the second best story is Sheffield United and Chris Wilder taking that team currently to fifth place ahead of Tottenham. Head of Man City, head of Everton, head of Wolves, head of Arsenal. You look at Wolves, who really are the team that likes to grab a draw. It's Arsenal that are the kings of the draws this season thus far, 13 draws thus far. And as we look at the standings and see that Liverpool has not lost, they've just had 24 victories and one draw. 
And then you see Sheffield United with 10 victories and 9 draws, but in 5th place in the Premier League. You're pretty happy for what the Blades have been able to do in their first season up in the Premier League, where the Canaries of Norwich are at the very bottom of the pack right now. And they don't look like they'll be staying. It just doesn't seem like that's a possibility for Daniel Farka and... uh, crew, Tamu Puki, uh, with a nice early part of the season. But the Premier League right now really does stand for one thing and one thing alone, and that's Liverpool and the potential of what Man City may do in the future. We talked about this a little bit as we got ready for this show. Man City and Lionel Messi as a combination could turn everything over it doesn't matter whether bobby chompers ends up at Bayern munich it doesn't matter any of these things it just would be so fascinating to watch but as much as this is a rumor and this is talk and it's all of this thing that could potentially happen no it still doesn't seem like the future it's it's not the future because Lionel Messi is a very not only is he the greatest player he's also one of the smartest players and he realizes that going to the Premier League is not going to do anything for him his brand anything else and Man City is not the fit for him I mean this is what they do there's constantly these stories in in the soccer sporting press about this guy's going here and and I love the idea that at least we're playing with the idea that Messi would leave Barcelona Messi's not leaving Barcelona we can talk about it all we want but that's not really happening and honestly Lawrence as as we kind of wrap it up here in our live to tape edition of Sound System FC sitting in the car like a bunch of crazy people outside of TT's Roadhouse here in Scottsdale Arizona I want to remind people, if you have ESPN+, Plus, you should be watching the Italian League. Because not only has Inter Milan come in and Lukaku, my man, doing big things, not only have they tied Juventus, but even more amazing is the fact that the old man, Father Time, AC Milan, is only a win away from being in Europa League qualifying. That's right. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, you could say that he was only impressive because he was playing against high school teams here in the MLS. No, Zlatan is doing big things. You could see some major movement happening in Syria. I'm usually not the biggest fan of Italian soccer. I usually want to talk Liga MX, and then I want to talk La Liga, and then I want to talk about how much I dislike English soccer, and then maybe I want to talk about Celtic and Scottish Premier League. But honestly, Serie A is finally starting to get excited. They just needed a little Zlatan, a little Lukaku. And, I mean, yeah, of course, they have the boy uh, Ronaldo. So uh, if you're looking, if you're bored, if you don't have enough soccer to watch, which I can hardly believe that, you should check out the ESPN app and get caught up on that Syria. Do that. Get on your ESPN Plus. You can see some English Championship League. And, uh, of course, we were referring to QPR and uh, Swansea earlier. But there's so much to be had there for Bo Byerly. I'm not Wilbon. And this is Sound System FC. Booyah, booyah, booyah! Booyah!